You know when you want to unniche, when you feel like you're evolving, when you feel like you're being repetitive, when you feel like you're stuck in a box, when you feel like the only thing you're talking about is your business and your content and your offers. You feel almost stuck. And you feel like really heavy in your chest where you're like, I really want to talk about other things. I want to create more for my skills and passions rather than just my business niche. That's when you know you kind of want to unniche. Hello and welcome to The Social Acre Show. I'm your host, Terry, principal and founder of The Social Acre Agency. This podcast is home for trailblazers and unconventional doers for all things business, entrepreneurship, mindset, and motivation. You will hear the honest edges of entrepreneurship, tools and habits to help grow yourself and your business, solo episodes for myself, as well as expansive stories from a wide range of guest speakers. Each week, you will leave feeling like you're not alone on the journey to wanting more. You can expect to feel inspired and empowered to get off the fence and take action. So pull up a chair and join the conversation. Hello and welcome to the Social Laker Show. Today we are here with Madison Tinder, multi-passionate business and marketing mentor. Madison, I'm so excited to chat with you today. We just chatted last week on your podcast. So much to be said about being multi-passionate in business, in marketing, in the way you show up. And I'm so excited to have your unique take and share this perspective shift with my audience. So introduce yourself, tell them a little bit more about you, and we'll dive right in. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. My name is Madison. Yes, I'm a multi-passionate business owner. I didn't really know I was multi-passionate till about like two years ago. I always knew that I loved to do multiple things and I wanted to be a serial entrepreneur and I loved dipping my hands in multiple projects and things like that. But it was about two years ago when I realized, hey, like, I really do think I am multi-passionate. And this was around Mm -hmm. the time when I started my Soulful Scrunchies, my e-commerce shop, because I was getting a lot of negative feedback, almost like, why are you starting another business? And don't you want to focus on your current business and really scaling that first? And are you sure you want to add more to your plate? But for me, I enjoy adding more to my plate because I get to do multiple things and do different things during the day where I'm not just sticking to one thing. So I started Soulful Scrunchies in October 2020. And actually, my first full year of my coaching business was 2019. So it was kind of like a fast-paced jump, but it felt really good to me. Mm -hmm. And then I launched my Soulful Select Retreats. I'm a retreat host last October 2021. I like the month of October, I guess. That's where I launched all my new things. And then now I'm managing all three, my coaching business, retreats, and Soulful Scrunchies. And I've never been more fulfilled, but I was even more fulfilled when I started embodying being multi-passionate and letting myself know and my audience know that it's okay because I was really just hiding behind that multi-passionate mask for so long. Mm-hmm. And when I was able to break free of that, my life and business just became so much more free-flowing and just so mm-hmm. much more fun. So that's a little bit about me. Mm. It's so powerful because I think sometimes in business and even in life, we have a tendency to like pigeonhole ourselves to one thing or one idea or one belief or one practice. 
And the perspective that you offer the world on you can still attain and build a successful business while doing the multiple things, I think is so powerful because I feel like we're shifting into this era of like, you can be a mom, you can be a wife, you can have a business and you can have a side hustle. Like there's so much coming up for me right now that I feel is so expansive for my audience. And even there's not enough people preaching that you can do more than one thing. So let's just dive right into the questions. I want to talk about building like your business alongside a personal brand and what that journey has looked like for you. Yeah. So I feel like for me, I was taught to really have a niche. I never really like niche down all the way. I remember thinking about it, but I did have just like one or two offers. I did talk about something similar all the time. And what I tell people to like make it easy to understand is a lot of times we're creating from our business niche and less from our brand mission when it needs to be the opposite. Because I really do feel like our overarching brand mission, like our purpose, what we're put on this earth to do is where we should create from. But a lot of us are creating from just our business, right? We're creating content for our specific offers. We're launching our specific offers. We're only showing up and talking about things related to what we're selling, right? That mm-hmm. grows a business and that is important. But a lot of people are feeling to grow the personal brand side of it. And I always say that when you grow a personal brand, you're creating from your brand mission, you're creating from your beliefs, your passions, and your skills, right? So for me, I wake up every day and I'm like, instead of saying, what am I going to post to sell my offer? I say, what am I going to post to grow my brand. And for me, this looks like a 50-50 balance during the week, if anyone wants to know like the strategic level of it, but 50-50 balance. So 50% of my content and what I talk about and what I preach online is going to sell my offers. It's going to talk about my business, right? Because we're in business. Mm -hmm. It's going to promote something. It's going to talk about clients, like whatever that looks like. And then the 50% is going to grow my brand. So talking about my other passions, like what am I doing? Talking about my other businesses, talking about things I'm loving, being vulnerable, sharing more stories, diving into just talking about other things that I want to talk about that's going on in my personal life, Mm -hmm. right? So I balance that because I want to look at what are my goals with my personal brand? And for me, it looks like, you know, I want to speak. I want to be on podcasts. I want to do all these other big things from a global standpoint. But those people who might come and ask me to do that aren't looking at my specific content on how to do X, Y, and Z. They're -hmm. looking at how I'm embodying my brand and my stories and how I'm being vulnerable. So that's kind of how I balance both. I create less from my business and more from what is my entire brand mission? What am I here on this earth? And I kind of put myself in the shoes of like being an influencer. Like I know that's really cheesy to say, but obviously influencers do something right when they grow, Mm -hmm. when they talk about multiple things. So I kind of step into that mentality and I'm able to influence and impact on a larger scale. Yeah. I love that. I also think you mentioned it's cheesy, but in my mind, there's like, there's two types of influencers, right? There's the influence that creates a lot of negative impact. And then there's the influence and the power that can create so much innovation, so much change, so much connection. And that's the space you're living in. And you should be so proud of that. It's shifting the way all of us show up. 
you know, when we learn from you and read your content, it gives us the courage to show up differently with more vulnerability, maybe even giving so many women, I'm sure you've given so many people the opportunity to have a light pop up in their head and be like, oh my God, I've always wanted to do all of these things, but I thought that I couldn't. And you're proof that it's so possible. So I love that. This kind of takes me into my second question, which I've been hearing a bit about this online, about having, you know, using your name as your business or using a business name, like for mine example, the Social Laker. So there's a lot of us that obviously operate under a business name like mine. And although that doesn't mean like I can't express who I am or have a personal brand, I'm curious like what your take is on merging the two and living in this space where you can operate under a business name, but still develop that personal brand. What's your take on that? Yeah. I mean, I I really do think it's up to the person of what type of brand they want to grow. So for me, I want to be known for like me, like Mm -hmm. Madison. Like I don't want to be known as like the launch queen, sales queen. Like I just want to be known for me, right? (laughs) But if you want to grow your brand under your brand name and create brand awareness, then that's where that comes from. The one thing that I know my client is in the middle of doing this, her Instagram name is her business name, but she's going to change it to her personal name. But in her bio, she's going to create another Instagram for her brand name Mm. and have it in her bio. Some people like to do that. Like I have that for Soulful Select Retreats and Soulful Scrunchies and my podcast that's in my bio. But I think it's like, it really depends one, what's easier for you. Like, I don't think you have to change it if you don't want to, but I still think you can grow a personal brand, even if it's around your business name, as long as like you're the one showing up and growing the personal Mm -hmm. brand and people know you, people know the face behind the brand. I think that's fine. But if people want to transition, then they totally can as well. Yeah. I think so many people when they're operating under a business name, they associate that with like not themselves. Yeah. And when I first started my business, I was so hesitant to say like, you know, what we are working on, like using we instead of me and I. And I found there's so much more power in just showing up under my business name and under that entity, just using me and my thoughts, because that's where everything is generated from. So that's kind of how like I'm merging it. But I, I see that as a challenge online right now, because a lot of people are trying to extract their personal brands from that business entity. Because I think personal branding is really the future. So for anyone who started with, you know, living under that business name, that transition can be kind of challenging. That kind of walks me through the process of like unniching and expanding into, you know, a broader audience marketing to the masses. Tell me about that. Yeah. People think it's like really hard. Like I know people are like, oh, you need to talk to one person. You have to be niche. Like I've heard it all and I hear it all. And I just completely disagree with everything of that, of that nature. This takes me back to personal brand. And I always give people this scenario and I'm like, take two people that you want to buy from. One uh, shows up as themselves, their personal brand, you relate to them. They're effing awesome. They're so cool. And then one, you barely even know them. And all they do is talk about their business content. Which person are you going to buy from? Right? Mm-hmm. Like you're going to buy from the person who you really trust, who you relate to, who you get along with. That is the process of unniching, in my opinion. It's really just, and my client is moving through this. It's You know when you want to unniche, when you feel like you're evolving, when you feel like you're being repetitive, when you feel like you're stuck in a box, when you feel like the only thing you're talking about is your business and your content and your offers. You feel almost stuck. 
and you feel like really heavy in your chest where you're like, I really want to talk about other things. I want to create more for my skills and passions rather than just my business niche. That's when you know you kind of want to unniche and just be known for who you are. Like I'm Mm -hmm. still a marketing and business mentor, but my secret sauce is being Mm multi-passionate, right? Which allows me to embody and talk about multiple things. I always tell people the process looks like determine and focus on your personal brand, you know, doing that 50-50 balance of I'm going to post my business content, but I'm also going to post things that's going to grow my brand. Two, create more from your skills and passions. Like create more offers that are more niche. I always say you don't have to niche down, but you can have specific niche offers on multiple things, right? I have offers going from launching to personal brand to building a product-based business, but I'm able to sell those because I embody all of that, right? Mm -hmm, It's part of mm -hmm. my embodiment. So you want to focus on your personal brand, create more from your skills and passions, and then your content comes into place of creating more from your brand and less from your business because your business Mm -hmm. is only part of your brand. Your brand makes everything. My brand is my podcast, my retreat, soulful scrunchies, my business, right? And it all starts with me. So my business is just a small part of that. So it's really at the end of the day, and this had changed my life forever, when Gary Vee said, your entire online presence is documenting over creating, right? Mm-hmm. It's just documenting your brand mm-hmm. and everything that you're doing. And that's a big personal brand builder, in my opinion. So I know some people find it hard, like, oh, niching was, it's easy for me. I'm talking to one person. But it's less about talking to a specific ideal customer, like a specific niche, and Mm -hmm. more understanding that if you're selling something or promoting something, it's less about the person and more about what they want and right. the problems they're facing and less about I'm serving women who are in their 30s and they're right here x y and z and more about understanding their problems and desires in the content and that's what makes it easier to fulfill messaging I love that I also think that when you're creating or documenting from a place that is from your skills from your beliefs from your passions You're also creating something that's not out of lack. And I know you talk about that a lot online, creating out of lack. How did you transition when you first started in business? I feel like a lot of us, when we initially start, we are creating out of lack because we're trying to fit in a box. We're trying to show up as what everyone else wants us to be versus what we want to be. So what did that transition look like for you? And what was like your aha moment or like light bulb situation that really made you pivot into creating a from a place that was really from you and your soul? Yeah, I think I operated so much in lack because I was letting other people tell me and dictate how I show (laughs) up. So like you need this content plan. This is what you need to post if you want to make this sale. This is what you need. Oh, I hate that. I feel like it kind of, for me, I was in like la-la land. Like it like worked at first for some reason, but I started noticing that my energy was off and I'm really good at like listening to my gut and like listening to my intuition. And I just knew something was off. And I operated from this standpoint for a while. Like a lot of my content was tailored and a lot of things that I created was just tailored towards my business. And for me, there was a disconnect. And the disconnect was I'm over here having a multi-passionate life, running a second business, like 
loving doing multiple things, but I'm not creating from that place. I'm creating from one thing, one offer, talking about one thing for one month, right? So there was a big disconnect in what I was embodying and I wasn't creating from that embodiment. And a lot of that started from transitioning. And I really just told myself, you know what? Starting next week, I'm going to talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. And I'm just going to talk about from my intuition, what I want to talk about, what I want to create. And I started doing that, waking up every day and focusing on my what brings creativity to me, not sitting in front of my computer, like, what am I going to post today? Going outside, walks, nature, taking some time off and really stepping more into creative inspiration and creating from that online. And that completely changed my business because Mm. I feel like a lot of people are so, they wake up, they sit at their keyboard. They're like, what am I going to post today? What am I going to send an email today? And that's when the energy is off. Your best ideas come from when you're so creative. And at the end of the day, we're content creators and business owners, right? Like we create content for a living. So we have to be creative. And it's going back to the root of how are you most creative and what do you want to talk about today? And Mm -hmm. that was a big moment for me. And every day I don't have a content plan. I don't use a content calendar. I literally wake up and talk about whatever I want to. And my business has never thrived more or my brand. And it may be all over the place to some people, but I feel like I'm not for everyone. So it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Totally. And I love that you said that too, because you're never going to be for everyone. Neither am I. And like the people that we are meant for will come to us from that content, from what you're putting out into the world. So in a way, you're aligning yourself even more because the people who maybe do think you're a mess or maybe think I'm a mess because I don't have a content plan, I don't probably want to work with them anyway. So, I mean, it all will make sense at the end of the day. What I'm curious is as you've expanded your businesses, Mm-hmm. Obviously, you and I, you know, we're visionaries. We have so many ideas. I literally have a running Google Doc of random ass ideas, <laughs> things yeah. that I've pursued, some things that I maybe I thought it was a good idea at the time and it wasn't. So being multi-passionate, what is, you know, your way of determining what ideas are worth pursuing and maybe what ones are not? Yeah, this is a really great question. And it's really simple what I do. So I look at three things. I look at is this idea sustainable? And this is the most important thing because so many people will start an idea and they realize they're not energetically, they don't have the capacity to hold it. Like I did this with YouTube. I started YouTube and like three months later, I was like, this sucks. I cannot do this. Like it was Mm -hmm. a fun idea at first, but it wasn't sustainable for me in the moment. So I look at, is it sustainable? Like depending on the idea, like if it's a new business, is it sustainable for multiple years to come? Like is this offer going to be sustainable for you? Like the idea, like, is it sustainable? Is it a passion or is it something someone told you to do, right? A lot of people online will do what their coach tells them to do because mm-hmm. it's it'll make them money, but it's not really what they want to do. And number right. three, this is optional depending on what the idea is, but will it be profitable? Will it make you money? So if a checks mark all three of those boxes for me, I know I can move forward with it. But sometimes they won't. Like sometimes it's a fun idea I had for one day and I hate it the next day. Or it's just not energetic. I'm not available for that right now. My capacity is too full for that. Or like it's something fun I can do, but I can't focus so much on how it's going to make me money right now, but maybe in the future. So 
I go through those three things. And if they're like marks all three things, like how I did for Soulful Scrunchies, then I was like, this is a great idea. I'm going to do it. I love it. And you just have to be really excited for it. So many Mm -hmm. people start ideas and they're like, oh, well, she's doing it. Or, oh, well, like I was told to do this. And I can just tell from when they talk to me, they hate it so much. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why are you doing it? It should be really exciting. And you should really be able to back it up to fill this new idea. You guys, I am so pumped to share the Brita Made Squarespace template shop with you. If you are in search for your dream website without the crazy price tag, look no further. With the Brita Made template shop, you can pick from a variety of website styles, customize it to suit your needs, and then you're ready for launch. When you purchase a template from the Brita Made shop, it comes with extensive guidelines to help you every step of the way head over to www.thesocialacre.com slash links to learn more about the Brita Made template shop. Sometimes I think too, we create something just because it's in demand, not yes. because it's actually what we want to do. Like for example, I have the skills to be a social media manager and it's in demand. But if I sat down and asked myself, is that something that will fuel me every day? And not that your business will fuel you every single day. You're going to have the highs and lows, of course. But at the end of the day, is that sustainable for me? Does it feel good for me? Is the type of clients that comes with social media management reflective of what I want, you know, five, 10 years from now? No. Mm -hmm. So it's like we can't just do something because it's in demand. We really have to look inward, I think, in those scenarios and and go through that checklist, you know, that you laid out, which is really just like, is it simple? Is it profitable? How yeah. does it make me feel? It's yeah. so simple, but so profound in allowing us to make better decisions for ourselves and for our business. So I love that. Kind of flipping the switch, a couple more questions into team expansion. This one that I'm super curious about because I'm assuming your team expansion has looked a bit differently because you have so many different facets of your business. Yeah. So tell me about what that has looked like for you as you've grown different avenues. How has your team shifted in that way? Yeah, I actually have a really lean team. I don't have a lot of people who work for me. Like, And people will be very surprised, but I'm smart with who I hire at the end of the day. So for me, yes, I don't have a big team, but I had... The ones who are on my team have a diverse skill set that can help me with any of my businesses. That's the main thing that I was like, well, if I hire this person, I want them to help me with everything, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like my team is multi-passionate in in itself, right? So I was someone who, when I was just really focusing on my current business, I hired a really big team because I thought that's what I needed to do. And they helped me a lot. It was an agency and they kind of did everything. But when I started expanding my businesses, when I started getting into soulful scrunchies and wanting to run retreats, I found that who I had hired and the people I had couldn't support me in my multiple ventures, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So Mm -hmm. who I have right now is I have an assistant. I think a fine balance between employees and contractors is always great. Mm -hmm. People are really afraid to hire employees, which I don't think they need to be. I think they're a great addition. They can grow with you. That's the ultimate goal. So I actually have something where, depending on the season of business, I'll make a really big hire. And for me, that hire right now is I do have an event planner and retreat planner. So that's the biggest thing. They focus on like my entire retreats. And that helps me so much when I'm able to collaborate with them 
And then I have an assistant who helps me with everything in my business retreats and soulful scrunchies. And that's been probably my best hire to date, having someone that can help me with everything that I'm doing and not just one thing. And I have a podcast manager who helps with my podcast, obviously bookkeeper and accounting. And then I just hire for random things, designs, websites as I need. Mm -hmm. I have a really lean team. And Mm -hmm. I think that for me, I have to do this because getting into retreats is when expenses really add up from anything that you're doing with putting on an event. So right now in my season, I have a very small team because a lot of my money is invested back into retreats. But when I'm not doing retreats, I'll invest more into my current business for things that I need. But I think that you can run businesses having a lean team. It's just being smart with who you hire and how they have a diverse skill set to help you with multiple things. I really like that too, because I think a lot of people associate, like you said in the beginning, you know, you thought you had to have a really big team. I think a lot of people think the bigger the team, the more money, the more success when it's like, sometimes it's actually the opposite. And I love that you preach simplicity, not only in your offers, not only into picking your ideas, but also with your team. Yeah. So, you know, moral of the story, keep things simple, right? And you can still make good money. You can still expand your brands and your business while keeping a lean team. I think a lot of people think the opposite. So thank you for sharing that alter perspective. Yeah. Rounding things off and kind of wrapping up, my last question is running such a multidimensional business obviously comes with its challenges. So I'm curious what those challenges have been for you and what keeps you grounded while you go through it all? Yeah, I've definitely had a lot of challenges. And one of the big ones is, I don't think about this anymore, but I used to really be caught up in other people doing one thing and having success. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people who stick to one thing and one business and one marketing, one offer, like have a lot of success and make a lot of money. And I had to tell myself, would I rather be doing that and stuck in a box or being more fulfilled and letting all my ideas come to life just with the way I'm operating. So I had to really go through a time where my audience had to adjust me being multi-passionate, doing multiple things, running multiple businesses. And they could have, you know, thought I was overwhelming and I had to kind of keep my purpose. And my -hmm. purpose and my mission really keeps me grounded of like, I know the big vision. I know why I'm here. And everything that I'm doing every day is leading to that moment. So that was a big challenge, just watching everyone doing one thing and having success while I'm over here, like trying to be multi-passionate in a space where it's extremely people are against that was Mm -hmm. really hard. Felt like I was like, you know, a lone wolf in the pack. And then I would say just managing multiple things sometimes is really difficult. Mm -hmm. Really. time management was something I had to work on. Like what type of schedule is going to work for me? Just the way me being a manifesting generator in human design, like I have to have rest sometimes, but when I go, I go. So I have to understand like during the times of the year when I have more energy burst over another. So for me, I have a few creative months out of the year and then I'll have a few months where I'm really getting everything done in soulful scrunchies or my business. So I have to create a schedule for myself that allows me to manage multiple businesses, but then allows me to rest as well. And sometimes like I don't get things done. Sometimes 
I'm behind on things. Sometimes I'm flaky. Sometimes I procrastinate till the last minute, but just kind of honoring that that's kind of in my nature and it's just not a bad thing as long as Mm -hmm. I get it done. It's completely fine. So time management, just being a lone wolf in a space where multi-passionate isn't like a thing right now, but it's, it is growing, but definitely not Mm -hmm. at first were big challenges, but my purpose and my why keep me really grounded. And knowing that I'm in here for the long run is very key. And I think very long-minded. I think that's what really helps me. I'm not into like short-term wins, quick wins. Mm -hmm. I just am here for a while. So I'm enjoying the process over just chasing the end goals was a big thing. I love that perspective because I think it takes this huge layer of pressure off yourself to show up as this perfect thing, this perfect person, this perfect business owner, this perfect leader. Like we are human and we make mistakes. And as we grow our businesses, we are also growing. And it's sometimes it's hard to make sure we're flowing with our business growth, with our personal growth. So I think that the way that you keep yourself grounded is really, it's important. Yeah. Coming back to, you know, whether it's your mission, whether it's going for a walk or talking to your mom, talking to your sister, whatever. For me, it's always finding something that keeps my feet on the ground because I have so many ideas, because I know that any given day I could go any different direction because of, you know, I sit in my seat and I'm like, what do I want to do today? So if you are multi-passionate, you know, it's so important to find something that keeps you grounded. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I like the way you show up for your clients and the way you show up online. That pressure, you know, a, a certain level of pressure is good, obviously, because it motivates us, but you're really taking off that level of pressure that forces you into a box. I think that's what a lot of us do. We think we have to be a certain way or show up a certain way or make a certain amount of money. And that pressure actually forces us to do things we don't like. So I love that perspective. You shared on everything about being multi-passionate. You're giving so many people the courage to show up and do the things that they actually want to do. So thank you for that. Thank you. That means so much to me. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I love setting big goals. I love hitting goals, setting them. But I think that, you know, a lot of people don't enjoy the process enough. And I think when you start enjoying and loving the process, you're going to surprisingly hit all of your goals and have a Mm -hmm. lot of fun doing it and really embody, if you are multi-passionate, embody that, talk about it, love it, because I really do think it's a superpower at the end of the day. Totally. I love that. Thank you so much for being here, Madison, and sharing all of your golden nuggets with my audience. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You guys, I am so grateful you're here and I would love to hear from you. Screenshot your podcast app and tag the social like a show in your Instagram stories. Let me know what you loved about this episode. I cannot wait to hear from you. And if you feel so moved, please leave me a review. I would be so stoked to hear from you so I can continue to produce episodes you will love. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week. Bye everyone.